0: This is who we are. Welcome to the Tabletop
1: Inventing Podcast. How can a math deficiency be a roadblock to your dreams? What does one do with 12 different college degrees? How can a college education prepare you for the new career landscape? Join us for the informative answers on today's podcast. Hey there, Innovation Nation. Today's guest is a longtime friend of my wife's who has an amazing story and a more impressive college preparation than anyone else I know. With all the education she has, you might be tempted to believe that she's inaccessible or aloof, but far from it. She's a compassionate, passionate math educator who wants to change the world. Around here, we love world changers, which reminds me of a quote you'll hear again in the interview. A quote by Edward Everett Hale. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. Because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. If you listen to our podcast long enough or visit one of our inventor camps, inventor workshops or tech mentoring programs for high school students, you'll find that we're passionate about inspiring world changers. We want students to find their curiosity if it's been lost. We want them to face their fears and find courage. Then we want them to use their curiosity and courage to become leaders who change their world. This is not just talk for us. We have seen fourth graders decide they want to become inventors. Middle schoolers decide to find a career that has computer coding as a significant part of the job. And college-bound high school seniors decide to alter their college plans so that they can make a bigger impact on the world. These are real stories from real students we've worked with just in the last two months. If you're curious, go visit inventingzone.com to find out more. So with this focus, it should not surprise you that we seek out friends and colleagues such as Dr. Rachel Winston, a math teacher with a passion to see high school students get into whatever college most fires their imagination. Rachel believes that education should ignite the brain's excitement for learning. Her passion for students, though, is very practical as anyone could observe by visiting her in the classroom. I hope every student can discover the passion for learning Rachel has found. So my guest today is Rachel Winston. Uh, Rachel is a college professor and has, well, I'm not even going to guess at the number of degrees that she has, I'll, we'll ask that question. and. She is also a counselor for students who are very interested in getting into college. And we'll talk more about that. Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: So I started college when I was 13, and I finished college at uh, 17. And then I went back to college, and I got degrees in a, a bunch of different fields. So I got a bachelor's degree in chemistry, a master's degree in mathematics, a master's degree in computers, a master's degree in Business Administration. Uh, I studied Chemical Engineering. I studied Public Administration. I got a PhD in Higher Education Administration. I went to Harvard undergrad and grad school. I went to Syracuse. I went to UCLA. I went to USC. I went to University of Texas at Austin, Pepperdine, Chapman, UCI, Uh, about a dozen schools. I'm now in grad school at George Washington University. And in January, I started NYU. I'll be flying back and forth to New York one day a week to go to school in New York.
1: So is it fair to say you're curious?
0: I (laughs) love school. (laughs) Everything I do is about college.
1: So you started early at 13. Mm -hmm. When did that idea that I want to go to college, when did that start for you?
0: My father is with the United Nations. And uh, we traveled all over the world. I'd probably been to uh, almost 100 countries by the time I was in college and I like the idea of just exploring everything and learning about the world, and I really like the sciences, but I really got ahead of all my, uh, my peers, so it was just appropriate for me to go to college.
1: So tell us a little bit about what prompted these different degrees and why you got interested in certain things. Maybe just start at the beginning and tell us, what was the first degree you took? Why were you interested when you decided to take your second degree? What, what was the cause then? that?
0: I lost my hearing for six years. The doctor said it was psychosomatic, but I did go to Gallaudet College, which is a college for the deaf in Washington, D.C. It's now Gallaudet University. And then I studied chemistry and biology and psychology at Syracuse, and that was interesting. I applied to jobs, and it was a different time in the world where there were very few people who had degrees in chemistry. Then I decided to go to grad school in chemical engineering and then my mother died and I came back to Washington DC to study public administration I worked with the White House, I worked on Capitol Hill, I worked with the RNC I had a bunch of different interesting jobs in politics then I got married and I came out to California and started school in uh, studying mathematics, I got a job in chemistry, quality control chemistry and I don't know I just like teaching math so I started teaching mathematics and that was 32 years ago. Throughout that journey I learned computers on a mainframe with batch cards and it was very different. All the computer programs I learned APL. I don't think it exists today.
1: I'm one of the few people that even knows what that might be. <laughs> I, Curiously enough, the gentleman who wrote a piece of software at Sandia National Labs that I used in my PhD research wrote his little piece of software in APL and I don't think I was ever brave enough <laughs> to try to reverse engineer his code because I went and looked up APL a little bit at the time and discovered that reverse engineering code is already hard and reverse engineering APL is almost impossible unless you wrote it yourself. So I didn't rewrite his code, I just c- collaborated with him and he altered his code a little bit, but that's very interesting, APL. Huh?
0: Crazy, I learned C, I learned basic. Then I, I needed to get a graduate degree in computers because, like, the world had changed from the 70s. I went to college in the 70s. I started college in 73. And the world had changed a lot. So I went for my master's in computers and I learned completely different languages, different hardware. But I was still teaching math and then I went for my doctorate in counseling psychology. Because I became a counselor, I started helping students go to college because I loved college and I wanted other people to love college too. But I was teaching math and people said, you know, you should really get a master's in math and so I went for my master's in math and finished that and then I went for my doctorate at Texas and flew back and forth to Texas to go to school for my doctorate and studied business at the University of Texas at Austin as well, which inspired me to go on and get my master's, my MBA which I got at Claremont Graduate University. But afterwards I was itching. You know, I don't. there have not been very few terms when I have not been in school for the last 43 years. So I went back to school and decided to study publishing because I want to spend the rest of my life writing books and working in video and using some of the new technologies. I feel like I went through a time warp from the early 70s in school and then all of a sudden, you know, we're in this age where technology is king. Social media is quintessential to success in life. I mean, I always thought of myself as being successful, but people define success completely differently. Success is now how many likes do you have if you have a lot of likes and therefore you're successful. And I had a lot of people who liked me, they just didn't do it on a computer. So you have two choices when you get older, you can either change with the way the the world works or you can stay set in your ways and say, you know something, this stuff is gonna blow over. But I did that for a long time, and finally it just didn't blow over. So we needed a website, we needed social media, we needed all of this stuff. I mean, I'm not convinced that I really need it, but I work with young people. They need it, so therefore I need it. And I'm not so old, okay, I'm old, and I'm retiring this year from Saracoso College, but I'm not so old that I can't re- figure out the way the world is now, and start over and go into the next world. And so book publishing and magazine publishing is just so fascinating because books are dynamic. You read a book and you can click on a video or you can take a quiz and books are not as static as they were at one time. So I think we're gonna have a lot of multimedia books and therefore I started in the video craze. I saw Saul Khan create videos on a whiteboard and I said, uh, that's okay, but I've been tutoring since before he was born. And if he can do it, I can do it. I just have to figure it out. And so I started working on videos. And I applied for a Gates Foundation grant to do a MOOC, Massively Open Online Course, through Bramman University. And I got two callbacks. I was really excited. I did not get it. So. I didn't take that as a failure I just said look I've just got to up my game a little bit farther so I started building videos on my own and doing this work on my own and I don't know that I want to go in that direction because I have more entrepreneurial types of visions for my future but I do think that some of those videos video content audio content we started a radio station this summer called brain power college and career talk radio and I think if I could incorporate audio and video and publish books, this program at George Washington University is in book publishing in NYU. I start in January. My assistant and I are going to fly one day a week to go to New York to go to school. So every week we're going to fly to New York to study book publishing and I want to be where book publishing is happening. So I want to take what I learn at George Washington University to the next level because I didn't know anything about the publishing industry. I won the 2012 McFarlane Literary Achievement Award and I have been writing all my life. I have books published, so I knew that I had a basis, but you know, being really successful requires knowledge and experience and interactions with people. and I just want to learn more. So that's sort of where I am in my next master's degree. I'll probably stay in school for the rest of my life.
1: It sounds like it, actually. But I wanted to back up a little bit because the word math came up several times. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've taught math for quite a while. What was it about math that was so interesting that kept you connected in that world for so long since you have all these other interests that seem to be some related and some not so much related?
0: I think what I like the most about math is you can do a question and there's an answer. You can do another question and there's an answer. And I like that when I was just starting out that it was different than English where one teacher says, oh, that's an A and another teacher says, oh, that's an F. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just wrong. (laughs) I mean, I I like to write, but you, you can't do that. And I can't say that I'm a linear thinker at all. I just like to have an answer. And I found absolutely that different English teachers literally thought the grade was completely different because I like greater certainty. I liked mathematics. Now I found out later in grad school that there isn't quite as much certainty and there's a <laughs> lot of variability and you have to create things from scratch and proofs and, and figure things out and so forth. So on the other hand, I found so many of my students were got stuck. They they didn't go on to business because they couldn't do the math. They didn't go on to the sciences because they couldn't do the math. And so they cut off the avenues that they could head Early on in their life, 10, 11, 12, I'm bad at math. I can't go in this direction. And even if they loved science, they wouldn't go into science. Even if they loved business and they said, oh, I'm going to own a business. And they got stuck on accounting or finance or economics or any of the mathematics that has to go in finite math or business calculator. So I was like, that's wrong. That's just wrong. (laughs) Not in my world. It's just not acceptable for you to feel bad as a kid and then not go on with your future and so I started tutoring and helping and if anybody wanted help with math I was there to help them with math. It's different than helping people with science or language or something because math literally stops your progression of possibility in your life because you believe that there's no future for you in any of those fields so you must go into another field. Of course you can justify it and say well I'm really better at this and I like this and that's why I want to go in that field. And I'm not saying everybody should go into business or engineering or sciences at all. I'm just saying you should always leave all your options open. It shouldn't be because you're crippled or someone humiliated you or you were made to feel less than or not sufficient because of that. So I've always been fascinated with helping people see the big ideas in math and being able to be technically proficient.
1: I guess I'm starting to see the pattern now. So Some of the counseling and other things that you took along the way feed into this passion that you have to help students have their options open, like you said, and particularly by facing down the math demon that is causing them so many problems.
0: And you know, this wasn't my vision for the future. Like when I was younger, I was gonna own a company. I was gonna be an engineer. I was going to be in the sciences. I was gonna go to medicine. I like I had pursued a lot of the science areas, and um, I was not gonna go into education. In fact, everybody said, Rachel, if you go into education, you're never gonna be successful. I mean. You know, look at what educators are paid. You know, we don't even admire educators. With your background and all of your education, why would you go into a field where you would not be able to live in a home in Orange County or uh, live the life you want? And I work a lot. I work hard. I help a lot of people. I live a fine life. I travel all over the world. Um, This year, I've been to at least a dozen countries. And I go to school full time and I live in a hotel. I don't live in a house. I've lived in a hotel for 14 years. I like living in a hotel and it's a completely different existence, but I have a hotel in Rio de Janeiro and Shanghai and Beijing and Dubai and whatever country I'm in, I can stay in a hotel. So it's, it's exciting to have a home everywhere in the world. So that's the life I've chosen. I do travel a lot. I speak uh, at schools and at conferences all over the world. And I like that lifestyle. I like helping people one-on-one. I like working and doing workshops. We just spoke at that 4-H conference a couple weeks ago. So every chance I have to speak at groups, I like to do that because I want people to feel, I want that to be infectious. You know, school, the opportunity you have and not just School because you're going to get an education because it's going to lead to a job. But I don't go to school because I'm going to get a job. I mean, I'll, I'll always work. I don't ever worry about not working because I keep on getting stronger by learning new things. Just because you have a degree or two degrees or a PhD, I mean, I have a doctorate and I went to good schools. It's not like I, you know, I think I'm worth it because I want to learn, because I want to stay on top of the cutting edge of whatever it is. I say when preparation, meets opportunity. When you are prepared, you can walk through any door, and I can walk through any door. This last year, I turned down a very high-paying CEO position because I'm working on Lizard Education, and I'm really excited about Lizard Everything, so it's the company that I'm building to help students get excited about college, and I love teaching. So I'm not driven by the money. I believe that you do what you love, and the money will come. I'm not going to be poor because I'm going to work hard. It's a mantra I live with every single day of my life. I need to keep on learning so that I can keep on being the best I can possibly be. So uh, that's sort of my how I approach life and I want to inspire other people to approach life. Like lifelong learning is the goal not get a bachelor's degree and that's going to lead somewhere because there are so many students now who have a bachelor's degree who come home and they don't have a job.
1: Yeah, that's that's very common. As I listen through here, certainly that underlying theme of uh, helping students find that place in their life that, that they really want to find underlies all of that. Can you tell us a little bit about where you're going with lizard education, how that connects to that idea?
0: So I did college counseling for 32 years, and it's always been cool. I've helped a lot of families, and I have a devoted following. But technology has really changed everything because now we want to latch on to something that is fun and exciting. And when we see something that's new, unique, innovative, curious, It's something that you can build upon. So we developed an image. The image is a lizard. The reason why we chose a lizard is because I think young people are trying to find their way, just like lizards crawl around and figure out whatever the next pathway is. It's not the same for students nowadays as it was for me when I went to school. My grandparents went to uh, worked until they were 55. They retired. They went to a retirement community and that was where they were going to live for the rest of their life. I'm past 55 so here I am and looking at the world I go I don't look old I don't feel old I'm not old and I have at least another 30 good years of doing something and also in olden days whatever when I was young people had one job they got into one company kept one job they retired they got their retirement and that was the way life was gonna be but for young people actually many of them are coming into a world where faculty members in particular are never going to leave their job. They're not going to leave until they drop over because they're paid well and people are so concerned about health care and so on that young people who want to get a faculty position, those spaces are not available. I mean, the way it was was you worked until you are 55, you had your 30-year career, and then you left and it opened a space for the next person. But if there is no open space, those people don't have a place to walk into, and that's just... but there are a lot of jobs in which people are not leaving their job and these new openings are not being created. So young people like lizards have to figure out some new way because the way that was traditional is all blocked. So they're getting into these think tanks and entrepreneurial groups and brainstorming ways of creating new companies and finding apps and and figuring stuff out that isn't like the traditional route to I'm going to have a job and keep it for 30, 40, 50 years. They're going to take many, many more jobs than my generation ever thought that was possible. So, in terms of lizard, this is this is how I see young people. And so, I wanted to create an image and and designs and a website and um, social media that was exciting and engaging for young people. And most college counselors, they gear their work towards parents. And not that I don't want parents to like what we're doing, but. I really want young people to get excited. My goal is for young people to feel empowered and strengthened and find education as a valuable choice for them, not just a place where they can spend four years to party. There's nothing wrong with going to school and having a good time, but there's something that's really rich and valuable and inspirational and exciting about being around professors that are engaged with, with their research and their ideas. So that's what I'm hoping to do through Lizard is to help them, help students with tutoring and test prep and college planning, assistance in their college admissions, financial aid. What do they do afterwards? Career counseling, grad school, and so on. So um, that was the purpose for Lizard.
1: That's excellent. Well, that that leads very nicely into a couple of our last questions we're going to ask as we wrap up our time here. So with the perspective you have on the last several years as you've been you know, looking at starting Lizard and as you looked at, you know, how the society has changed. What does it mean in this current environment to be, quote, educated? Like, what does that word mean now?
0: Well, at this point, being educated means something different to different people. And I think we have very little leadership with respect to education. There's not a person holding a flag saying education is this way. I think we hold people in a holding pattern through a lot of high school, as if the socialization and growing up period is just necessary. College is the same way. Of course, it depends on the school, like if you're in an environment with engaged people and, and so on, then you understand the purpose of education, which is to build a foundation to understand the way the world works, culturally and socially, to be able to have good writing skills and communication skills. We need to communicate in this world. Everything is about communication. We have computers, and you think the computer's going to do it, but actually we're writing more than we ever wrote before because we're always writing. We write emails. We speak to each other. We have to articulate things in a coherent way. English is essential. Communicating between English and Spanish, English and Chinese, English and other languages is really important. We say in America many times, it's not important really to learn another language because everybody speaks english that's what we say and i don't think that's true i mean languages are valuable technology computers uh we are engaging in in a technological world that is completely different than in the past and everything about science is exciting we're creating 3d printed organs and body parts and like biomedical engineering when I think of the stuff that's happening right now, it literally, it literally brings tears to my eyes how cool education and research is in those places where people are engaged. And when I hear people say that uh, they want to go to college so that they can party for four years, I honestly get, I get sad that no one has really communicated to them how valuable being able to figure something out, uh, problem solving, Um, understanding world cultures. I mean we are not a, a world of just people from Europe. We're in a world now in America where people are coming from everywhere and we have to have an understanding and appreciation of history and culture in a way that we never had before. Education is essential to having a productive life but being able to communicate effectively and understand people from where they're sitting and being able to think through how can we take our world into the next century the next generation what things are important to us and uh, you can figure out you can read things on the computer so many people say oh well I can get everything on the computer I don't need to go to college and get an education besides it's really expensive and that kind of thing but if you could go to a school where people were really inspired and excited about education if we could make it so that if you went into education you weren't like only weak people go into education only people who couldn't be successful went into education look my teachers were really bad I mean well, it shouldn't be like that. We should pay our teachers well. We should respect them. They are respected in other countries. They are not respected in the United States and even less so now than ever before. It's really actually heartbreaking. I would love to be a thought leader on the national level. I would trade everything that I have ever done in my life to um, to be a leader. Um, but right now, um, I have a favorite quote it says I am only I am one I am only one but I am one and I cannot do everything but I can do something and I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do and if I can't do this on a national level I can certainly do it with one person and another person and another person and if I can touch and inspire anyone to um, to see how how empowered, inspired, valuable, productive, worthwhile they are because they're knowledgeable. That they have the power to do whatever they want in their life, I do that in my life. I keep learning because I wanna know what's happening. I love education. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm actually retiring. I'm retiring this year and I'm retiring this year for a single purpose, that I feel like inside of my college I can't make a difference. Um, For some reason, um, school has wrapped itself up into um, committees and curriculum, um, deciding amongst a bunch of things that Aren't related to education. I was literally told in a in a meeting um, at my school that it's not that important that you're a good teacher. It is really important that you're engaged with our community and you're doing these committee types of things that um, where we talk about talk. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't explain in any other way. I I I don't I understand where the school comes from, but. What if educators were really inspired and really engaged and and you worked really hard to be the greatest professor, but we've moved a lot of our education online. Yeah, they can just learn it on their own, like learning is about learning on your own. That the sage on the stage, the, the great professor who's wise and inspires people, that's no longer respected in our society. We don't think that is Quite as valuable because there are other things that we have to do. You know, it's not a really about teaching. I don't think that's true. When I look into the eyes of someone, I can change their life, I can change the way they think about something. And I'm not willing to give up great teaching. I'm rather t- they're going to pay me $123,000 to have this job for eight months a year. I, you can have it. Keep that. I would rather look into the eyes of someone and inspire them than to um, be in an environment that does not respect the teaching of our students.
1: So, last question, and we can, we can wrap it up with this. And you've already touched on it on several different sides, but if you could sum up in, in a couple of sentences, what is the purpose of an education?
0: The purpose of education is to live a life that allows you to understand the world, solve problems, communicate effectively, understand connections between people, places, things, science, history. They say that history is condemned to repeat itself. Well, we don't really understand a lot of history. Global culture now more than ever, communication like languages more than ever, and yet people are cutting out language requirements and math requirements and art requirements. I mean, even art, like you think, people say, well, art is not that important. Art is essential. I mean, people are looking at images and making relationship logos and branding and videos and and just the appreciation of art. Music, people change their whole way of thinking about the world when they hear great music and when they, feel that music, it makes them alive. We should not give up the way, we, we should not give up everything in education because our world is changing. We need to just adapt and, and bring people uh, in so they feel and understand all of these different fields. I believe education makes you whole, that without an education you feel somewhat empty. You don't feel like you don't understand everything But there are things that, when you are educated, you feel empowered. I'm not afraid. I don't know everything, for sure. As many degrees as I have, I don't know everything. But I have the ability to listen and learn. And I continue to do so. I will do so for the rest of my life. And I hope that other people will feel, can feel that kind of excitement about education, that they always feel that they can grow. And they can learn something new and they can be a little bit better than they were the day before
1: wow well i think we're going to wrap it right there thank you rachel so much what's the best way for our audience to get in touch with you
0: i am at collegeguide at mylizard.org that's probably the best way you can also see me at www.collegelizard.com
1: excellent we'll link that up in the show notes thank you so much rachel for taking time to share your passion about this thank you steve If you've been enjoying the conversations and insights here on the podcast, share it with a friend. Great ideas demand to be shared. You can also help fellow parents and educators by subscribing to the Tabletop Inventing podcast in iTunes, leaving a rating and writing a review. If you use Android, subscribe, leave us a rating, and write a review in Stitcher. Links to subscribe can be found at www.ttinvent.com slash podcast. Contact us, and we'll think through the comments and answer your questions here in the podcast. And be sure to let us know if you'd like a shout-out or to remain anonymous. You can share your comments and questions at www.ttinvent.com slash podcast or by emailing us at podcast at ttinvent.com. Let's discuss your thoughts and questions. Join us again next time when we will again seek to answer the question, What is the purpose of an education? And as educators, how do we awaken the inventor in each of our students?